Are we having a party here? I don't know. Welcome to Polishing Profits. Join our three industry experts boasting 140 years of experience as they unlock building service contracting secrets that can revolutionize your business. Well, here we are once again. Once again. I don't know what episode number this is, so if you look on the podcast, you'll see what episode number it is. <laughs> we come well prepared, folks. So with that said, we're working on quality. Quality is key to maintaining customers, longevity, client relations. We can go down. It's the most important thing we do if we want to build a business on a solid foundation. So we've tackled the opening things about quality, quality control versus quality assurance. If you've missed those episodes, please go back and look at them. You can find them on YouTube at our YouTube channel. All of our information is there if you miss these episodes. So please subscribe. We'd love to have you out there. So there's my pitch. So I'm going to say hello as Mark Anderson. Sharon? Hello. Say hello. Today I'm, I identify as Ed Selko. So. <laughs> okay. Yep. Before we go any further. Just for today. So we don't know about me. tomorrow. So. I keep getting these questions, Ed, and they're interesting to say the least. <laughs> and of course they're focused on you. So. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I do too. Wait till they really get to know us when we really start talking. So anyway, the question that keeps coming is why is Ed always look like he's down in something, and you and Sharon are sitting up and above things? Straight. Well, that's that's because you're in your fancy plush offices. I'm here in the electronic janitorial closet, sitting on a five-gallon pail turned upside down. So that's it, huh? Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. And there's no lift thing for higher and lower. It's just one setting. So I can tell all of our camera critics that things aren't at an equal level and are never going to be because you sit on a bucket in a janitorial closet, right? Well, not for nothing. But I mean, there's also, uh, you know, 3,000 miles between us as we're, you know, here chatting all in the same room. Yep, that's true. All right. Well, that's Ed Selkow. And there'll be more on this topic to come. It can get interesting. It just Ed's the gatekeeper on that. So with that said, today we're going to tackle quality management systems. That's how the whole quality assurance, quality control falls under. And what's in that plan? So Sharon, you want to lead us off quality management systems, QMS, that handles quality assurance, quality control. So if we have a quality management system plan, what should be in it? And we want to keep this at the 40,000 foot. I already got scolded before this. I get too much in the weeds. So I'm going to pass this over to Sharon. Okay. So fair enough. Fair enough. First, we want to make sure we have a written plan. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then in that plan, we want to include the cleaning specifications for this customer. Okay. The plan can be somewhat generic until you get to the specifics about what's in it for this customer. The next thing we want to talk about in the plan is how we are training our people. What's our training plan for our employees and how that ties into the specifications, okay? Then Mm -hmm. we want to know how we are, what tools are we going to use to measure that plan? What are we going to use? Are we going to use inspections? Are we going to use self-surveys? What part does the customer play in our quality control tools and measures? They usually typically are pretty involved. 
Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, and then finally in the plan, how are we handling discrepancies or deficiencies in our service delivery? When we screw up, in other words, how are we fixing it? What are we doing? What's our response time? How are those processes handled? So those are the basics. I mean, that is the 40,000 foot view. That Those are the basics of what's contained in the plan. That's a good outline. Ed, how did you apply those basics in your business, like in Fidelity? Well, well, listen, first of all, what I wanted to do was to try and define terms and bring all of this highfalutin sounding stuff down into reality to what, you know, I got supervisors who are not brilliant geniuses, okay? And most importantly, the frontline people. I mean, they're the people that got to buy into it. You know, we talked about senior management buying into it, but, you know, the fact of the matter is that if we can't sell it to the front line, you know, it's a waste of whatever, whiteboard markers or whatever the hell. <laughs> it is, huh? Yeah, you're wasting your whiteboard markers. So what I always tried to do was was to simplify that which was complex, okay? Yep. And, and there was a whole bunch of complexity when I dug into this coming from, you know, the offices of Philip Crosby. You know, I mean, that was kind of the beginning where I had to think about, you know, this on a critical level, you know? We're in two cities and I'm running like a crazy guy, you know? So what I wanted to do was, like I said, I wanted to bring it down to where everybody could understand it. So one of the big things, and I believe we've talked about this before, is the way everything is gauged, where it's either satisfactory or not satisfactory. You cannot have a rating system. And I've seen a bunch of these things. It's a rating system on a scale of one to five. And that's all fine. That's all, you know, that's all wonderful sounding like at a, you know, at a conference table. Okay. But how the hell do you explain a three to a frontline guy? You're not. You're You're not. You're just half the room. It's either acceptable or it's not acceptable. It's as simple as that. And let me take this a little bit further. You know, no matter how much we say that we're proud of the cleaning business, okay, there is a tendency to complicate things so that we can appear to be on a higher professional level because the fact of the matter is that look my job was to keep the damn toilets clean in 19 states you know and and look when it didn't happen i caught hell so i mean it it was a big deal you know but doing it as clearly and as simply as possible i'm a big believer that there is absolute genius in brevity yes you know if you can break something down that's a little flash of genius in my mind anyway yeah, that's a good, you remind, while you were talking, you reminded me of a statement that we get all these fancy highfalutin things and they're all in our proposals. And I, we were pretty good at that because of our clientele, sure. high tech, food plant. All, we were, we dealt with a lot of process and facilities. And I had a guy look at me once, it was a team of people. And they said, well, this all sounds well and good. I mean, this is nice. I had the ISO 9000 stuff. They were certified. They understood it. They said, what I want to know is how do you get this down to the cleaners, which was your point. <laughs> I mean, they weren't Major quite, point. <laughs> yeah, to your point, they weren't real brutal about it, but they go, this sounds well, how does this get communicated? And that's where now we're cycling back to what is the plan? And the plan doesn't have to be difficult, but everybody has to buy in. And I think the most important thing, and that Sharon mentioned it earlier, quality is built in 
it is not inspected in. And here's what I mean by that. And Philip Crosby talks about this. Deming talks about this. Duran talks about it. I can go on through the whole list of key people, both in manufacturing and service quality, that what I mean by what they mean by that and what I mean by that is a bunch of people inspecting work and telling somebody how to fix it isn't quality. Quality begins in teaching the cleaner what the outcome is and you want it to look like. You know, in other words, here's my scope of work. Here's your route card. But at the end, when you're all done, you take them to a finished product. This is what it has to look like to make the customer happy. And your job is to get that done so we can all, you know, work together, make this a good place to work, minimize complaints. But if the cleaner doesn't buy into that and you don't have a way of doing it, you're toast. Because now you're inspecting the quality in. Same thing with service. We called it service failure when we had a hard fail or a soft fail, depending on how hard the complaint was. You can't inspect service failures in. You just can't go run out. And we do this. We go run out. We fix the problem, right? Everybody smiles. Everybody, you know, you go back the next day, it's all fixed. And then we run off and look for the next account, the next issue and whatever. And pretty soon that rolls back again. Guess what? The customers even matter because it appeared again. And so you can't inspect failures in or correct them that way either. It has to be systemic or built into the system you're using. So that's my thought on that. Sharon, you want to jump over on that? Yeah, I think that one of the things we need to keep in mind is that whatever tools we use to measure our service delivery has to be tied in with the scope of work. And I think we can never let that scope of work get too far away from us and, and concentrate. And I think in teaching our frontline employees to follow the scope of work, that solves 90% of the problem. Okay, if they understand that, and Ed, brilliant pearl about having that scope of work in a sequential form that you do this first. Here's what you're doing tonight. Here's the scope of work. You start here and you do this first. When you're finished with that, you're going to do this next and then this and then this. For our typical cleaning technician, cleaning level employee, that is the simplest, most effective way for them to manage their work. That's my opinion. We have to keep it simple for them and for all of us in the business. But for the people doing the work, a sequential form and tying those that scope of work into the quality issues with the result, and that the result-based inspections are good too, and that's a whole different thing, saying, so, so the scope of work says, entry doors will be free of fingerprints. Horizontal surfaces will be free from dust. That's a results-based rather right. than a task-based um, form. And, and that's the outcome. Tying those tools into the quality plan is critical, in my opinion. And that's having, again, building in the quality. That's teaching mm -hmm. the supervisors, here's the end result. Your real goal is to engage your team, make sure they understand, inspect, direct, and work with them to get those outcomes to limit, you know, the service failures. Ed, I saw you getting ready to talk there, so I didn't want to step on it or in it. 
I forgot. Okay, okay. So I called on Sharon and it went away. Okay. The customer surveys versus the inspections. Yeah, Did let's we want to bring that up on this on this. Oh, I hate customer surveys. I hate I hate customer surveys. Well, let's, so, bring you know, it up. let's bring it up. We're only 13 that's minutes. Terrible, man. That's an awful okay. thing. Because we're going to have some varying opinions on this, I can see right now from yeah, the guy in the corner. I'm not a fan either, Ed. I'm not a fan. Well, no, when you get dragged into the lunchroom and, you know, at lunchtime and, 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 and the facility person says, the cleaning people here aren't doing a good job, are they? You know, and then like cannibals, <laughs> you know, they pounce. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the, the customer surveys where the customer is given a They're given scorecard. A, yeah, yeah. That right. kind of thing. And they send it back. Sometimes it's good to know where their head really is, but it's like they're doing our work. It's our business to know what's going on. And, you know, when you bring a non-professional in our industry in to give an opinion about something that they don't necessarily know about, it's not always a good thing. Well, I know that for myself, my honesty level on surveys of things that are not all that important you know, I mean, I'll make stuff up for Christmas tree yeah. sometimes. I mean, think about it. How many times do we put like the wrong stuff on a survey? You know, yeah. So I'm, I'm, Mark, I, Mark's on the other side. Yeah, Mark's on. Okay. I agree and I disagree. I agree with the fact that the surveys, the way they used to get done, and we did a lot of those as part of the project, they were too cumbersome. I mean, you know, you had five or six questions. You wanted to know this, that, what's going, da, da, da. You should be finding out in person in a quarterly business meeting where you can do something or a monthly, whatever your business meeting time. Those are things of the past in my mind. Those big surveys are dinosaurs. Nobody, pardon my French, wants to screw with that anymore. No one wants to take the time. So what we did probably the last 10 or 15 years and, and still today customer satisfaction survey and a net promoter score survey because these are just fast these are flash what they call flash measurements that's where are you today okay because i've walked out of a quarterly business meeting customers have loved me i'm no more than three blocks away and it's get your beat back over here the president just called and we just had two hours of a wonderful discussion and now i'm on the i'm on the chopping block because we breached security or something but the CSAT is simply on it. We do them all the time. You see them, you finish something, it's got smiley faces. You got devil down here on the left, yeah. you know, and you got a guy up here smiling with a hail on a scale of one to 10. How satisfied were you with whatever you've got? It's a, you get it up at this broad level. Satisfaction changes day to day because we're in every day. But what it does is it starts pegging in the customer's mind. They've got to give you something to lean on. And once they start saying, well, I'll give you an eight, if they go below the next time, you can still say, why did you do that? It's a simple conversation. But it starts cementing in their mind that this is what I think of your service. So that's something to go for. The other thing is that promoter, simple, one to 10, there's three blocks of how to scale those things and rate them. But basically, you want up the eight to 10. And they're either a net detractor, which means if someone talks to them, it says, would you refer our service? Simple question, one to 10. If you're in the one to four or one to five area, they're a net detractor. They're going to say not great things about you or nothing when asked. Then if you're in the middle of that grouping on the 10, they're probably neutral. You want them up in the top grouping where they would promote you. So 
those things are fast, they're quick, they are a flash, it's a point in time, but I think they're called pulse surveys. I think they're very important because it gets the customer to make a commitment that you're not as big a screw up as the complaints might think. So it balances that side. So that's why I say I agree and disagree. So I'll throw that back out there. Okay. We can move on to inspections. <laughs> okay. Man in the closet isn't standing up and coming out of it yet. So I, I guess we have, have an answer for that. Your opinion makes perfect sense. Your experience using yeah. that. Perfect. Perfect. I want to put this in perspective. Our customers were relatively large. They were sites. I'm not talking about a very small customer. You could ask them a CSAT. We always finished every meeting, every yeah. quarterly business. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give us for your satisfaction where we are today? Mm -hmm. We'd write that down when we got to the next meeting say, well, hey, and this is nothing new. This has been around and it's just, it's a good tool. So right. where do you want to run to, Sharon? You've got the you got the control. You're running the agenda here. Let's see, inspections. We wanted to just briefly touch on before our time is totally gone. Yeah, we got about three or four minutes here. Okay, cool. Personal in-person inspections should be minimum once a month in most cases, depending on the size of the account. You should know what's going on in the account. Customers typically on inspections participate. They do a walkthrough with you. Mm -hmm. You can set an appointment to do a walkthrough with your contact person. Sometimes, depending again on the size and the kind of work schedule of your contact person, you can drop in. But basically, you always want them to know that you are on the property doing an inspection. My business, my quality person's visit. If you do nothing more, if they don't have time for you, you wave, you stop by their office give a hello, and go about your business. You want them to physically see you there. Yeah, agreed. Ed? Well, you know, one of the most amazing things I saw was nothing that I did. It was something I observed, but there was a, and this will probably be a whole show, but what if quality control inspections were profit centers? What if you could make money? On you your give a 40,000 foot up view on what you're thinking. Yeah, that'd be a whole show, but. It's a whole show. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, so but it's, it's, do, it's doable. I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay. Maybe we should make that our next show. Well, Sharon, write that down. Maybe let's make that the next show. I think that'd be fun. I think that's a good lead in. Well, we figure out what we're going to talk about. So if you want to hear. Blew, it, I got to tell you, it blew my mind when I, when I saw how all that worked. Okay. Monetize. I don't know if I can say the name, but you've helped a couple of companies design quality systems that are currently in use by many of our users. Yes. We're on the back side of that. And I'm not going to mention names at this point, but yeah. I'm talking national companies that are regularly used by many of our listeners. Ed was there helping them develop thinking on that, correct? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. A key point you want to cover, Sharon, on the key takeaway for you? Yes, that, that your measurement tools for Quality control should be tied to your scope of work. The two work together. The Scrub Down, a recap of what was covered on today's episode. So this is the Scrub Down, and that's where we take all the information and scrub it down and give you what we feel are our key insights. And if you've got some key insights out of this, hey, good, bad, or indifferent, we can take it all. Drop us a comment. So Sharon, 
as far as the scrub down goes, what is your one key insight takeaway you'd like to leave the audience with from your perspective? Uh, I think that quality has to be measured and the measurement tools that you use have to be connected to or match the scope of work so that the service delivery outcome matches the expectation of the customer. And all of that is measured by your quality tools, whether it's inspections or customer surveys or whatever else, whatever other kinds of tools you put into play. That Business that, reports, business meetings with the customer, all of that, yes, right? all of that. Ed, your key point on the scrub down here. Well, somehow we got to get all of the wonderful business sounding stuff that is that's regurgitated on a conference room, you know, to simplify it for the front line. You know, we got to remember, I mean, that's our bread and butter is the front line. That's where all the action is. That's where all the action is. All right. When I had to go into the new situation. All right. I sit and meet with whoever had a tie on that I was supposed to meet with. Okay, but what I want to do is I want to go out at night. I want to meet the people. I want to talk to them. I want to know what the hell is going on in there. Okay, and I can't do that if I'm not where they are. So, so being present and then simplifying, so that there's no confusion about what we want or what we're trying to do here. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Yeah, make it understandable. I'm going to try to blend all these with two things. Quality is top down. It starts with the business owner and it's got to permeate the entire organization. To Ed's point, most importantly, the people performing the service, the actual service, the service text, whatever they're doing, they have to understand what the outcome is, enjoy doing it, and be engaged with the people that are helping them do that, which is the supervisors and the next level up. The last thing I would say, quality has to be built in. That's what we're talking about here. You have to have a plan. I don't care if it's six items on a on the back sheet of a notepad. You've got to know what you're doing, where you're going, how you're going to get there, and how you're going to measure it. And it can be simple. And I think to Ed's point, you've got to make it simple to get the buy-in. You make it too complex, people just aren't going to do it. Right. So it is built in. It is built in from the top down. It is never inspected. And fixing problems are a necessary evil and we're fixing problems because something was broken downstream. Somebody didn't do something or understand something somewhere. So you go back and fix that. But that's not quality. That's quality recovery. That's service delivery recovery on a, on a hard or a soft fail. And basically it is built in. It is not inspected in. So you can fix it and make the customer happy, but that's kind of a mark against you. So you've got to go top down. Everybody's got to buy in. Basically, the people delivering it have to do it. And it's got to be part of your culture because it's the service you deliver. And if the top doesn't buy in and live it, you just can't sit in a chair, like Ed said, and espouse this stuff. I got burned with that. That's a whole nother story. We all did. (laughs) (laughs) Espousing things in our training systems. But anyway, that's my scrub down. If you guys out in our audience have another thought, Please share it in the comments. And with that, we're out. Take care. Bye.